0: Welcome to At The Buzzer. I'm Kimball Klein, joined by my co-hosts, Dean McCullum and Tyler Fertell. This is going to be a weekly podcast filling you in with all sports news. We will be releasing new episodes every Sunday. Today, we will be discussing the NBA bubble, but mainly focusing on one player from each team competing in Orlando that could impact their team's success. We will be going from best to worst, starting in the Western Conference, then moving to the Eastern Conference. As we all know, on July 30th, the NBA will resume play at Disney World in Orlando. 22 teams will be joining the restart. 13 teams from the West and nine from the East. Now let's hop in and dissect the most impactful players from each team. Okay, so we are going to start with the Lakers. 49 and 14, the Lakers hold the first seed in the Western Conference. I'm going to choose Anthony Davis as my impact player. Anthony Davis, however, does not have a lot of postseason experience. He's only played in three playoff series, but in those three playoff series, he has played incredibly. He has averaged upwards of 30 points in all three series, and in two of those series, they were playing the Warriors, who had very strong teams. Also with the Lakers, we know LeBron is going to show up. LeBron has missed the playoffs three times in his career. He's proved that he's clutch, and he's going to show up this year. However, Anthony Davis is not proven, and in order for the Lakers to make a run, AD needs to show up. And aging LeBron will not be able to beat the Clippers and Bucks alone. Davis will be the deciding factor for whether or not the Lakers can win their 17th
1: championship.
0: Now we'll move on to Dean. Dean, would you like to talk about the Clippers who hold the second seed in the West?
1: Yeah, so my impact player for the Los Angeles Clippers is going to be Paul George. Paul George has not gotten past the first round of the playoffs in four years. And The last time he did was when he was on Indiana. He has to prove himself that he can be the same Paul George as last season's MVP candidate Paul George. He has to play his lockdown defense because, as we all know, defense wins championships. Now that he is on a real title contending team, he must step up his game if he wants the Clippers to set themselves apart from other title contending teams.
0: Now we'll move on to the Nuggets, who hold the third seed at 43-22. and 22. Tyler, want to choose an impact player?
2: Yes. Uh, so my impact player for the Denver Nuggets is going to be Will Barton. He is the starting small forward for Denver. He has averaged 15.1 points per game with 6.3 rebounds and 3.7 assists. And all three of those stats are up from a year before where he averaged 11.5 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. So he's shown a lot of great improvement. And if he can keep it up, I think he will definitely be able to make a big impact on the Nuggets and their title chances to make it far in the playoffs. And he started all 58 games he played in the cutoff 65 game season and Paul Millsap is on the downfall. And I don't know if Gary Harris is the type of player that will really be able to be that third guy behind Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. So if Barton can become the clear third man and stay healthy on the roster, I think that the Nuggets will be a dangerous team in the playoffs with Gary Harris and Paul Millsap rounding out their starting five and a solid bench. So, Another impact player that I'm actually going to add for the Nuggets is Bull Bull, who didn't play a game for the Nuggets in the regular season because of injuries, but he played a little for their G League team. And I think that he could really help the Nuggets because he's a 7 3, very versatile player. As we all know, he dropped a lot in the 2019 NBA draft. He was the 44th overall pick, and he's a lot to prove. And on Wednesday, he played in his first scrimmage in the NBA bubble and really showed out. So, I think you got to watch out for him too.
0: Now we're going to move on to the Jazz, fourth seed in the West. I'm going to choose Donovan Mitchell as my impact player. This year, Donovan Mitchell has led the Jazz in points per game with upwards of 24 points. He also leads the team in steals. Donovan Mitchell is a third-year player. He was an all-star this year. In last year's first round, he averaged 21.4 points. I understand that sounds good, but in three of the five games, he put up very underwhelming numbers with 19 points, 11 points, and 12 points in a season where he was averaging 24 points. So he really needs to step up that. And along with that, the um, the Jazz are having some locker room issues. As we know, um, Rudy Gobert was the first NBA player to have coronavirus. And in March, Mitchell was extremely frustrated with Rudy Gobert, according to Chris Mannix of the Sports Illustrated. And Gobert has apologized multiple times, but Mitchell continues to avoid questions regarding the situation and I'm personally wondering if this tension between the teammates could ruin the team's chemistry and ruin their years of work. Now we'll go
1: to the Thunder with the fifth seed. My impact player for the Oklahoma City Thunder is going to be Chris Paul. Chris Paul is now the number one scoring option on his team. Last time he was on a different team. He was on the Houston Rockets and obviously he was playing with James Harden. So no more James Harden and no more Blake Griffin for Chris Paul. It's all up to him. CP3 is now in charge and must be the leader for the Thunder if he wants to lead them far into the playoffs. He must be a mentor for uh, the young players on his team, like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And team chemistry is what will help the Thunder propel themselves to playoff success. So Chris Paul needs to be a facilitator for the entire Thunder team. That's why I have him as my impact player for the Thunder.
2: Now we'll move on to the
1: Rockets, sitting at 40 wins, sixth seed.
2: For the Rockets, I have two impact players because I think they're a very interesting team going to Orlando. So, my two players for the Rockets are PJ Tucker and Russell Westbrook. So, after trading Clint Capella to the Hawks in a three team trade and receiving Robert Covington, the Rockets have played a small ball lineup with PJ Tucker at the center position. He is one of my most impactful players, along with Russ on the Rockets, because he's going to have to control the big men in the paint at six foot five, which is a challenge for everyone, especially his size. And Russell Westbrook and James Harden are definitely one of the best backcourt court in the nba and the rockets are going to rely on them for all of their points and they have, have all season dropped an average combined 60.9 points per game before the suspension the most between two players this year and that is close to the top of the list of all time one of the main keys to the Rockets' success is going to be tucker he's the only player on the not miss all, a game before the shutdown happened. He's averaging 7.1 points, 6.9 rebounds, and 1.6 assists, which is very similar to his stats last year. So his offensive stats haven't really changed um, between this year and last year. But except this year, he's going to have to play a very different role with this Houston team because there's no Clint Capella. And if P.J. Tucker can find a way to limit the chances in scoring of Big men, I think the Rockets' small ball offense could give them a chance to make it deep into the postseason. What the Rockets have missed in the years past in the playoffs is a second reliable score behind James Harden and that extra intensity, or as many people know it as, the Mamba mentality. Russell Westbrook gives both of that. Harden and him have played together in the playoffs. They went to the finals along with Kevin Durant on the Thunder. No matter what, I think Russell Westbrook, as we have seen time and time again, always plays hard and he arrived late to the bubble because he had COVID-19, but Russ sure hopes, and he probably won't be rusty to start the season. He possesses the ferociousness and the relentlessness Houston has been missing in the playoffs in the past. If he brings his never-give-up attitude and continues to be a good scorer and play well with Harden and the rest of the Rockets team, the Rockets could be a really dangerous and surprising team to face in Orlando.
0: Now, my impact player for the 40-win Mavericks is Seth Curry. Yes, you heard me right. Seth Curry, not Steph Curry. Seth Curry is the backup point guard for Tim Hardaway Jr. on the Mavericks. And right before the NBA shutdown, Curry was picking up steam. For example, in the 11 games before the suspension, Curry was averaging 19.4 points per game on 62% shooting from the floor and 58% shooting from three. Obviously, Curry hit a major hot streak, and those sorts of numbers probably will not be containable during the restart, but any fraction of those numbers from Curry would be huge. Curry could easily be the spark the Mavericks need, and Curry could even be the one to take big shots at the end of the game. Now, we move to the Grizzlies, the eighth seed.
1: So my impact player for the Grizzlies is going to be John Morant. This might be a boring answer, however, but the Grizzlies actually have nothing to lose if they make the playoffs this NBA restart. They have an extremely young team with not much playoff experience, and the Grizzlies even being in the playoff race is totally crazy since ESPN predicted them to win only 24 games prior to this season. This is just an experimental season to see what this young team could do. If John Morant plays well, however, this Grizzlies team would be on a roll to secure a spot in the playoffs.
0: Now we move to the Trailblazers, who are three and a half games out of the eight season.
2: So as we know, the Trailblazers are the ninth seed right now. They're looking to make the playoffs, take over the Grizzlies for that eighth seed. And so I think a big key to their playoff success or to even get to the playoffs is going to be center Hassan Whiteside. He's been a great addition to this Portland roster. He was traded to the Blazers from the Heat in a 14 trade for Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard. He's having one of the best seasons of his career with 16.3 points per game, 14.2 rebounds per game, and 3.1 blocks per game, which is very, very good. He is a top five center in this league, maybe even a top three. So if he can continue to do the dirty work in the middle and continue to score and be a top rebounder and blocker in the NBA, the Blazers will definitely have a chance to upset some teams and get into the playoffs with new 2K cover Damian Lillard, shooting guard CJ McCollum, and a new looking Carmelo Anthony. It's Hassan's contract season. So he's sure going to want to perform well to try and get the big money. The return of Yusuf Nurkic will also help Whiteside make an impact because it will take some of the attention away from him, giving, in my perspective, him a larger chance to do more. That is why Hassan Whiteside is my Blazers Impact player.
0: Now we'll move to the Pelicans, who are also three and a half games out of the eight seed. My impact player is going to be Lonzo Ball, who is the starting point guard for the Pelicans along with Steph Curry, who I previously talked about. Ball is hitting his stride right before the NBA suspension, and once Zion Williamson returned to action, Lonzo's stats took a huge leap. In games Zion played in, Lonzo averaged 13.2 points, 8.4 assists, 7 rebounds, and 1.8 steals per game. I chose Lonzo as my impact player over Zion because Lonzo is a true playmaker, and he makes all of his teammates better. If Lonzo can continue to knock down the three ball, he will become a huge threat on the offensive end. Lonzo could easily be the key to the Pelicans' success this restart. Now we'll go to Dean, who is going to
1: talk about the Kings, who are also three and a half games out of the eight seed. My impact player for the Sacramento Kings is going to be Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich can shoot the three and knock down shots and clutch moments at a very high percentage. He proved himself to be a very good shooting guard this season, even making head coach Luke Walton move Buddy Heald to the bench so Bogdanovich could actually start over him. He can catch fire super quickly and spark the Kings' offense. If Boki proves himself to be elite in tight situations this bubble restart, he can get a big-time contract this offseason since he'll be a free agent after this season.
0: Now we will go to the Spurs, who are four games out of the eighth seed.
2: So my impact player for the San Antonio Spurs is going to be DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is leading the Spurs in both points with 22.2 points per game and assists with 5.6 assists. LaMarcus Aldridge, the clear-cut number two player on San Antonio, will be missing the Orlando bubble restart because of injury, which is a big blow for the Spurs. And they don't really have a very good chance to even make the playoffs anyway. It's going to be very tough for them to get back into the conversation.
0: Now we'll move to the final team in the West, the Suns, who are six games out. My impact player is going to be Ricky Rubio. It's, Rubio's in his ninth season, his first season with the Suns, and Rubio is meshing incredibly well. He's averaging career highs in points and assists with 13.1 points and 8.9 assists per game. Rubio is second in assists per game this year behind only LeBron James and Trey Young. Rubio also ranks in the top 15 in steals per game. Rubio can act as a leader for the Suns' young team. Rubio's facilitating abilities will help Devin Booker get open looks and DeAndre Ayton easy layups and dunks. Rubio also acts as a presence on defense. Rubio, a veteran, will know how to carry himself on and off the court, and if his leadership rubs off on others, the Suns could potentially make a run at the 8th seed in the West. And now we'll move to the Eastern Conference. We start with the 1-seed Bucks, who are 53-12. and 12.
1: So my impact player for the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be Chris Middleton. Giannis is going to be Giannis in the playoffs, meaning he's going to show up for sure, 100%. We all know he's going to put up great numbers, but Chris Middleton definitely has to step up his game. He needs to be the automatic second scoring option after Giannis. Last season, his games in the playoffs ranged from him scoring 6 points to 30 points. He's going to need to put up at least 20 points per game if he wants the Bucks to have a higher chance of winning this chip. If he doesn't step up for the Bucs' restart and the Bucs don't win the championship, there is a higher chance that Giannis will leave in free agency. Now we'll move
0: on to the Raptors, the defending champion, second seed, 46-18 and 18 this year.
2: Okay, so the Raptors, as we all know, have been a surprising team uh, that is still hold the second seed like they were last year, even without Kawhi Leonard, who left in free agency. And my impact player for Toronto is going to be the first-time All-Star, and last year's most improved player – Pascal Siakam. He has been the leader for the defending champs and led them to the second seed once again. Siakam leads the team with 23.6 points per game. He's second on the team with rebounds, with, with 7.5 total rebounds per game, and he's third on the assist with 3.6 assists. The Raptors have a very good starting lineup with Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet, Mark Gasol, and Ogiano Nobi, with Serge Ibaka and Norman Powell coming off the bench. If Siakam can continue this season with the help of experienced Kyle Lowry, the current two seeds could break loose for a finals run once again. They also have a possible coach of the year candidate in Nick Nurse, who has led his team to the second seed once again, this time without finals MVP and new clipper Kawhi Leonard. Pascal Siakam's performance will really impact how the rest of the team plays.
0: Now we'll move on to the Celtics with the third seed. My impact player is going to be Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has emerged as one of the league's best young stars in the past few years. and In his third year, he's averaging career highs in all five major stat categories. He's averaging a little below 24 points per game and upwards of seven rebounds. Tatum is also a great defender, averaging 1.4 steals and 0.9 blocks per game. Tatum has played in five playoff series already. He even came within one game of making the finals in 2018. Tatum has the potential to explode in this year's playoffs. I think Tatum is a good enough defender to lock down one of the Bucs' stars, either Giannis or Chris Middleton, and I think he is definitely going to put up big offensive numbers this postseason. Tatum is not afraid of taking the big shot, and that's exactly what every team wants in their team's leader. Tatum has such a bright future, and I don't see why he won't blossom as a player this NBA restart.
1: Now we'll talk about the Heat with the fourth seed. I actually have two impact players for the Miami Heat. So my two impact players for the Heat are Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala. Jimmy Butler has not made it past the conference semifinals in his entire career. The one time he was in the conference semis, he was on a stacked Sixers team. Therefore, he has a lot to prove in the playoffs. He had a solid playoff run on the Sixers, averaging 19.4 points per game, but still has a lot to prove now that he is the leader of the team. Now I'll talk about how Andre Iguodala could up the Heat's championship hopes. The Miami Heat traded for Andre Iguodala for the sole purpose of having him in the playoffs. We all know that Andre Iguodala was outstanding for the Warriors in the playoffs, but how will he do with a totally different roster? Now we go to the Pacers with the fifth seed.
2: So my Pacers impact player is going to be starting point guard Malcolm Brogdon. He's averaging 16.3 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, and 7.1 assists, which are all the best of his career. He missed 17 games in the season before the suspension due to a torn hit, but he played 48 games and he started all of them. He's having the best year of his career after spending his first three seasons with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Pacers team have a very good starting lineup with first-time All-Star DeMontis Sabonis, TJ Warren, Miles Turner, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, with a solid bench with Jeremy Lamb, the two younger Holiday brothers, and many others. I think if Malcolm Brogdon can stay healthy and continue to play well, the Pacers might be able to surprise some teams and make it far in the playoffs in the Orlando bubble.
0: Now we'll go to the sixth seed, 76ers. My impact player is going to be Joel Embiid, who's the starting center for the team. In late February this year, Embiid suffered a left shoulder sprain, and he only played 44 games this year. He still had a good year, but it was not the same level of performance as last year. Embiid averaged 23.5 points, 12 rebounds, and 1.5 blocks per game this year, and Embiid is going to be a huge impact on the 76ers because he's working to regain respect from the league. Last year, I think most NBA fans would consider Embiid a top 3-5 to five player in the NBA, and I think this year he's not considered a top 5-10 to 10 player. Along with him trying to earn respect back, I think Embiid is dying to win, as we all saw last year. He was extremely emotional after his Game 7 loss to the Raptors. And according to the Philly Voice, Brett Brown says nobody has put in more work than Embiid during the league suspension. And Embiid has said through social media that he's working out six times per week for the past month or two. Embiid does not want to feel the same way as he felt last year, and he's going to do everything he can to avoid it. So he's definitely going to impact this 76ers team. Now we'll go to the
1: 7th seed, Nets, who are missing quite a few players going into this restart. My impact player for the Brooklyn Nets is going to be Jamal Crawford, their recent signing. So I'll start off by mentioning that the Nets really don't have a fully healthy team to work with in this NBA bubble restart. Therefore, there isn't really a player that will be making a huge impact on the Nets like all of the other teams. However, a player we all should be looking out for is Jamal Crawford. Crawford was just signed as a bubble restart free agent since the Nets will have many players on their team not playing for them in Orlando, whether it's due to injuries or them testing positive for the coronavirus. If Crawford proves himself that he can be a rotational player on an NBA roster, then he might have a chance of getting signed onto a team next season.
0: Now we'll move to the Orlando Magic, who will, who hold the eighth seed by a five-and-a-half game lead.
2: So my impact player for the Orlando Magic is going to be starting point guard, Mark Fultz. Mark Howell played 64 to 65 games before the suspension of the season, and he started 59 of them. He was traded to the Magic from the 76ers for Jonathan Simmons and two picks at the end of last season. The 21-year-old averaged 12.1 points per game, 5.2 assists, which led the team, and 3.3 total rebounds. After playing a total of 33 games in his first two seasons and not playing too well either, the Washington alum was called a bust. He has shown that he can stay healthy, and this is definitely an opportunity for him to show himself and impress people. He missed the Magic's first bubble scrimmage against the Clippers because he arrived late to the Orlando bubble because of family matters, and the Magic want to be cautious with him because of his injuries in the past. It's his chance to reveal why he was the number one overall pick. If Marco L. can continue to score while being a good team player and compete with Eastern Conference point guards like Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, and Eric Bledsoe, he could be the key to a successful Magic team. With Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and Jonathan Isaac.
0: Now we'll move on to the Washington Wizards, who are five and a half games out of the eighth seed. My impact player is going to be Rui Hachimura, who spent three years at Gonzaga. All three years he made the tournament, and in one season, Hachimura was a freshman who didn't play a lot of minutes. Then his next season, he was a key player that made the Sweet 16. And then in his junior year, he was the leader of that team who made the Elite 8. And this all leads me to my main point Hachimura has a lot of big game experience. He has played a lot of games in March Madness, and In the draft, Hachimura was drafted with the ninth overall pick. This year, along with the Nets, as Dean was saying, the Wizards do not have a fully healthy team as their two star players, John Wall and Bradley Beal, have suffered injury this year, and neither of them will be joining the team in Orlando. The Wizards really have nothing to lose this year, and Hachimura has a huge opportunity to further his game. It seems very unlikely that the Wizards will make the playoffs, but Hachimura is still thriving to prove himself as one of the premier young players in the league. And I think Hachimura is going to take a big step this restart. Now that we've finished today's main portion, we will close the podcast with a developing tradition, the 24-second opinion segment, also known as the shot clock. Each host will have 24 seconds to give their take on a proposed sports topic. Today's question, who will have the best NBA career? Trey Young, Jason Tatum, or Luka Doncic? Dean, 24 seconds on the clock, starting now.
1: So the player I will be arguing for that ha- will have the best career out of Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and Luka is going to be Luka Doncic. He's already a one-time All-Star, and he was Rookie of the Year last year, meaning he's in his sophomore season this season. He's averaging this season 28.7 points per game in almost a triple-double, averaging about 8-9 and nine assists and rebound per game. He's already a budding young star and by far you can just tell he has more talent than Jason Tatum and Trey Young. He is an offensive threat. He's a complete offensive threat. He knocks down his threes when he can and he is an he is a decent defender unlike Trey Young who is one of the worst defenders in the NBA. That's why I think he's going to have the best career out of the three.
0: Now, Tyler, 24 seconds on the clock.
2: So for me, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Similar to Luka Doncic, Jason was a first-time All-Star this year. He's very versatile. He's long at 6'8", and he's a really good shooter. And I think as the NBA becomes more of a shooter's league, Jason Tatum's just going to become better and fit in more because as centers and forwards have to become better shooter- shooters, um, that uh, Jason Tatum's already at there, and he's he shoots just like a guard. So I think as the NBA becomes more of a shooters' league, Jason Tatum will just become better.
1: I will be timing Campbell Campbell twenty four seconds on the clock to make your point. Starting now,
0: I'm going to argue for Trey Young. Trey Young is an incredible offensive player. Trey Young was also a first time All Star this year. Trey Young has averaged twenty nine point six points this year. He's a fantastic shooter. I think we all know that Trey Young resembles Steph Curry, and I think he's an even better shooter than Curry. He's also a great passer. He's a slight defensive liability, but he's going to keep improving.
2: Yeah, we all make good points for our players. I think it's a toss-up between all three. I think any of them could really become great players of all time.
0: That's all for today's episode. Follow us on Twitter at ATBuzzerPodcast and the platform you're listening on today to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.